Hello and welcome to the SK Strength Show, which I think that's what I'm going to call it. So welcome to the inaugural episode of uh, my podcast where I try to help you make sense of all things health, fitness and performance and try to clear up the muddy waters of all the fitness advice that you get online. So today what I want to talk to you guys about is about weight management and how your hunger response from exercise differs between individuals. So what exactly this is, why it's important to understand, and hopefully some good practical advice to implement off the back of what I'm going to talk to you a little bit about now. So to kind of give you an initial overview of some things that you need to understand um, to understand this topic. Um, Your weight, well, body weight is managed via calories in versus calories out. So this energy balance equation is how much energy you expend during the day. So that's made up of your basal metabolic rate, which is just the energy used by simply existing. The non-exercise energy that you burn off. So this is kind of, this is not something you can control. So you often hear people refer to as NEAT. So non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So this is just energy you burn by living your life. So walking to work and things like fidgeting, all sorts of stuff like that, that you're not necessarily actively trying to go out and move. And then obviously on top of that, we've got exercise I've just forgotten (laughs) exercise activity thermogenesis there we go got there in the end um so this is actually where you are physically going out and trying to exercise so whether that is going to the gym going for a run going for a walk going for a cycle going for a swim all that sort of stuff so the biggest part of this is the basal metabolic rate so that's again something that you can't change a whole bunch it may change a little bit when you gain muscle things like that Um, again non-exercise energy that you burn you also can't change a lot so this is subconscious and then we then have the stuff that we can control which is the exercise that we do Um, and then there's also the thermic effect of food but we won't go into that right now So this energy balance equation is in constant flux and we should really assess this over the mid to long term rather than um, in the short term Um, for a number of reasons. Um, But one of the main things there is that it's really hard to accurately track your calories in and your calories out. So it's hard to track your calories in for a number of reasons. So the leeway that food labels get on the accuracy of how much calories and different macronutrients are within the food that you're buying has you know a percentage of leeway and also just as humans we're not very good at tracking these things accurately even if you think you're being incredibly diligent with your tracking it is likely that you are not being 100% accurate because even registered dietitians Um, they found in research are not 100% accurate. And that is their entire job is to be able to do that sort of thing. So if they can't do it properly, it's no surprise that 
the rest of us also can't do it properly. And it is near on impossible to track your calories out accurately as well. So the smartwatches that you have do not track your expenditure accurately at all. Um, the research on that, I can't remember the exact amount, but it really can be really, really far off. So yeah, that you can't go off of that. And then also the you know calculators that you can find online about you know how active your lifestyle is and stuff like that they're also just an estimate so it's really so although this seems very simple it's a very simple equation carries in carries out it's not actually as simple as it seems as as things often are so when we're trying to uh, lose weight um we're often you will see a big drop in weight first. So, so this is often because we're losing a lot of water weight. So it might be that you've started eating a little bit healthier than you were before. So things like your sodium reducing, so you're not retaining quite as much water. And also just when you start a weight loss phase or a fat loss phase, you have more fat to lose. So your rate of loss is going to be quicker than the when you get further down in that diet so because of this we then see what people will call a, a plateau towards once you've been doing it for you know maybe it's a couple of months six months however long it's different for everybody and the solution is often people say to rather than reducing their calories anymore they're going to increase their steps which you know seems simple enough if we increase that energy expenditure side of the equation but keep the energy that we're taking in the same then surely this should lead to a more weight loss but the question is whether this will work for everybody so the particular study that I want to talk about is one where they took 35 overweight individuals and they all exercised for 500 calories five times a week for 12 weeks so this was a lab controlled study and they then kind of measured their hunger and weight loss and stuff like that after so the average weight loss over that 12 weeks was 3.7 kilos but the range was minus 14.7 kilos to plus 1.7 kilos so while the majority of the people that did this lost weight that isn't much help if you're one of the few people that ended up actually gaining weight doing that because of these compensatory mechanisms that can be at play. So these things that maybe affect your hunger post-exercise and things like that. So that's, that's one of the main ones is some people will increase their activity and will have a sharp increase in how hungry they feel. Some people will have no difference and some people will have uh, a decrease in hunger. So if you're one of these people that feels very, very hungry from, you know, after you've trained, after you've gone for a run, after you've walked, things like that, then actually maybe this extra activity won't see any extra weight loss because you may eat back the calories you burn from doing that and may even go above that. Which is not to say that those extra steps are still are not still worth doing, but for this particular goal, it's not addressing the the plateau. So coupled with these, you know, the real world 
inaccuracies of the calories in and calories out. So whether that's tracking or with your energy that you're expending during exercise and during walks, things like that, then this is probably the one that is most likely able to be addressed. So other uncontrollable compensations within the body like um, reduction in your non-exercise movement can't be addressed like I said this is subconscious so this is not something that you can actually change but you can change how much you're moving and so you can keep track of that but you can also have keep more tabs on your hunger and try and be a little bit more diligent with tracking things if that's how you manage your nutrition or just by noticing when you're feeling this this extra hunger and things like that so the other things that you can't control um so there was another study where they did a twin study so i think they took seven sets of twins and they all fed them a lab controlled calorie surplus of a thousand calories and the twins lost the same amount but different sets of twins uh sorry gained the same amount but different sets of twins gained very different amounts of weight so some of them gained almost no weight and some of them gained a lot of weight so this shows you that things like subconscious fidgeting so sometimes when people eat more they will their body will compensate for that and make them move more without them even thinking about it and then there are other things processes within the body so things like even going to the toilet you may lose more energy via waste and things like that so these are things that we obviously can't control and may explain differences in weight change when doing the same protocol so some practical takeaways and things to consider weight plateaus like i said later in your weight loss journey are often not plateaus you just have less body fat to lose so the rate slows down so you've got to give yourself more time to see results so while you may be in the same deficit as you were before you're going to need a little bit longer to see the same fat loss because you just don't have as much left and depending how much you've lost you are now a smaller person than you were before so your overall calories that you need to maintain that body weight have dropped a little bit as well so doesn't necessarily mean that a ton needs to change it just means that you need to stick with it for a little bit longer and also you know, depending on how long you've been dieting, you may require a little bit of a break just because not necessarily physiologically, so within your body, but sometimes psychologically, you just need a little bit of a break from being in that dieting mode because it's inherently a an extra stressor on the body and on the mind. And it's an extra thing to focus on. So sometimes towards the end of a diet, your focus just drops a little bit so you know when you first start to make this change maybe you're a bit excited you're looking forward to it you're looking forward to feeling better to trying to work towards this goal and then once you've been doing it for 10 12 weeks things just slip a little bit you're a little bit more lax with the food you're measuring out you're maybe forget to track things here and there if again if that's how you are are managing your nutrition um and things just slip a little bit so sometimes having a little bit of a break to recalibrate and reset is helpful so how i would do that would be 
going back up to maintenance calories and either just maintaining that for if you just feel like you just need a week or two weeks you know there's no real rules around this um but don't try to not take a diet break to mean i'm just gonna go back to eating however i was eating that got me in the to the point where i feel like i need to go on a diet in the first place so that's not what a diet break is you may use it as a way as a time to track a little bit less but we still want to follow the general nutritional guidelines that we follow when we're trying to you know just eat a health promoting diet not even necessarily about losing weight but about being healthy prioritizing protein fruit and veg that sort of thing and if you suspect you're someone who compensates for extra activity so who gets very hungry from exercise or if you feel like you're doing things you know doing everything right giving yourself a lot of time but you're still not losing a ton when you want to be losing some weight then it may be helpful to keep um, a bit of a food diary but not just in terms of like what you're eating but keep some notes on your hunger around exercise and around your meals so um even if that's something as simple as a rating out of 10, maybe that would will be helpful and you can spot some patterns and then you can adjust your diet around that. So maybe if you know that exercise makes you incredibly hungry, rather than having a very even split of calories throughout the day, maybe what you do is you have, so say for example, you have someone that's eating 1800 calories a day in three meals. So that is 600 calories per meal. But if this person gets very hungry after training, maybe what we should do is have a slightly smaller breakfast, slightly smaller lunch, and then if they're training you know, after work, then we give them 800 calories rather than 600, and the other two meals are 500 or something like that. And then that can hopefully try to address that sort of thing. So... And if you do then suspect that you're you're one of these people, just be aware of it and just know that, you know, if you're on this sort of journey with, with a friend that you may take a bit longer to get results than them, or you may need to give yourself a longer time frame to lose the weight that you want to lose. So just knowing that about yourself can be helpful just for reframing your expectations around this fat loss phase and things like that. So thank you for listening. Um, I apologise if my talking was a bit janky and all over the place. There was a couple of points where I just completely blanked out on what I was saying. So (laughs) thank you for sticking through that and listening. So if you got this far, make sure to subscribe and listen out for the next one. So I'm going to try and do one of these every week. And... If you've got anything in particular that you'd like me to talk about and like me to address, then just let me know. And if you are not a client of mine and you're listening to this and you're looking for coaching, then you can go to either my Facebook or my Instagram uh, at SK Strength, and you can go to the link in the bio, fill out my coaching form, and we can have a little chat about how I can help you. But other than that, I guess I will see you on the next one. Is that going to be my outro? Yeah, see you on the next one.